Welcome everybody to this episode of the Second Opinion Loan Officer Podcast. And um, I'm really excited today because um, I have as a special guest, uh, probably the goat of second opinions uh, on the internet, um, and maybe even the goat of first opinions. Uh, today, I am bringing on a friend of mine uh, and YouTube rock star, I guess, or rainmaker, uh, Mr. Kyle Seagraves. Uh, Kyle, let me get you in there. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for the that's a generous introduction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I t- listen. I could seriously do a 10 minute just just falling all over like your accomplishments, and that's kind of a little bit about what I want to talk about today. And and um, we're not going to use slides, but I do want to show this. Um, you know, anybody that knows about you and and you know, because you've been so successful at your YouTube channel, you, you've got a lot of subscribers and you get a lot of traffic. And, and I think originators, we're like, oh man, I want to be a rainmaker like Kyle. I want to be, I, I want to have, where are we now? 147,000 subscribers. Um, you know, and, and, and people are like, oh, I want to do that. Um, but do they really? <laughs> you know, yeah. w- w- one of the one of the things before I get rid of this slide that I want to point out, and 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 this is kind of why I love talking to you so much, is is like you're an educator, and and this video that's on the front of your 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 YouTube channel um, is the new 2023 FHA guidelines. And you kind of do this annually. Mm -hmm. Once a year, you come out with FHA. This is a 90 minute video, (laughs) Kyle. Dude, like, did you have a thermos of coffee next to you? This is a 90 minute video with what, about 300,000 views in less than 60 days? (laughs) Uh, I think at at the end of the year, my editor usually sends me like a, a compilation of all the times midway through videos where I'm like, Oh my gosh, (laughs) I'm tired. (laughs) I would have to take a nap like 25 minutes in because you're going over guidelines. You're going, you're like, you're breaking things down. You're showing people your iPad. You're like, what I loved about it is I think you said in the beginning of this, that by the end of this, you'll probably know more than most loan officers Mm -hmm. about the FHA loan. And just, yeah. yeah, you know, for, for those, for, for anybody out there that doesn't know you, would you mind giving us a real brief kind of when you got started and, and kind of how long it took you and, and sort of what your, your journey was just getting onto YouTube? Sure. Yeah. So I um, started as a loan officer a few years ago, and I honestly feel like since the pandemic, everything, time feels weird, um, but yeah. probably about uh Five years ago, I was started as a loan officer and was a loan officer for about uh, actually just about two years um, and was kind of frankly getting tired of answering the same questions over and over again, even in that short period of time. I was like, this seems like it's not efficient answering what's an appraisal for like the hundredth time. Um, So I kind of got to the point where I was like, what if I recorded a video about like, how does an appraisal work? Then when somebody asks me the question, I'll send it to them. And so then what I would start doing is I would send them the video when they had the question and say, uh, watch this. And then when you have a, like, when you do have a question on top of it, then let's talk. 
because I want to spend our time together actually being strategic, not just giving you like general info that uh, you don't really need me on the phone for. Um, so I really just was making a library of content for my clients. And I feel like I stumbled into YouTube as a platform. Um, I was really using it as just a library, like a place to host all my videos to send to my clients, to send so to my referral partners. To share to say, a link, right? Yeah, because I was like 22 at the time. So I was like, I know what I'm doing. Like, here's a bunch of videos, um, which <laughs> I, did, I didn't. Uh, so um, from there, yeah, those videos just started gaining traction. They would get more views. And as I made, I think somewhere around like 50-ish videos was when I really started seeing some like more views come in. I was like, oh. Like people are contacting me from this. Um, and at that time I only had a license in Ohio. So it was kind of like, eh, this isn't, this isn't that big of a deal. Um, but, but that's, that, that kind of is one of the things that I, I might have to stop you a couple of times because mm -hmm. there's some important kind of milestones in here. Yeah. First of all, you hit on, on perhaps my favorite saying in the whole world, which is there are not 10,000 questions about qualifying for a mortgage. There are 10 questions asked 10,000 ways. Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and your, your, your path is so, so similar to, to, to mine. So when you say you started getting responses, you know, you're a, you're an originator in Ohio. YouTube's only in Ohio, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. I think YouTube. I think YouTube came the last to Ohio. <laughs> Ohio was last. That was the yeah. last stop. So people were really excited. Yeah, like about I guess it. we have to give it to them. But but that's was that kind of your first encounter with and you know I don't know if people can relate to this, but as you're saying this, like I'm reliving my journey. Like, was that kind of your first experience with, first of all, there's no geographic boundaries on these, on these platforms. Mm -hmm. So, oh my gosh, what do I do? And second of all, man, there's a lot of people out there that have the same questions that aren't getting answered. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it, it is amazing. Like, um, the amount of people who will ask questions too, where they're like, Hey, even if they're in contract. Um, which is like, to me, it's like build, yes. building the whole thing is like, I can't be, oh, well, if you're in contract, I, I don't have any time for you. Um, it's yeah. got to be like, I'm here to help you through all stages. And I would also love to work with people who don't already have a loan officer or if they want a second opinion. Um, but it's interesting, the amount of people who like, they're really afraid to ask questions to anybody they're working with, even if it's just yeah. a realtor. Um, yeah. There's this uh, fear that if they ask questions that they're going to give up some control in the process. And that's where YouTube comes in really in an interesting way where people get to self-serve the education that they get in a way where they have ownership of the process. And I think a lot of what I have been trying to push into and what I think content does a really good job at is respecting, or at least it should be doing a good job at, is respecting uh, the viewer and their journey through it. And even understanding like the implications of information for them, like, Information is uh, a lot of power and control um, that people feel when they're going through the transaction. And by making content, we get to empower our viewers to become better buyers, to become smarter sellers. Um, and I think it's just a really unique position uh, that content can allow. And it really opens up conversations where it, it's just so funny to me where people ask me like real estate questions about you know Phoenix or something. I'm like, 
you should ask your realtor. <laughs> why, why are you asking some guy on YouTube? Yeah, I, I found myself doing that a lot is, is um, well, did you ask your loan officer this question and what did they say? Yeah. You know, I, I, I run into that a lot. But, you know, another thing that I discovered early, Kyle, was that that for every consumer that asks a question, it's representative of an exponentially larger number of consumers that have the same question, but they won't yeah. ask. Yeah. Right. So the very fact that one person answers that almost reveals a, a significant um, area of concern. Like if one consumer is asking this question, it's highly unlikely they're the only human being on the planet that encountered that particular that particular challenge. So what I found myself doing is being able to just when having a conversation with the consumer on the phone, like you said, one of those 10 questions asked 10,000 ways, you could do a video about that question and it would address many, many people's concerns. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah. and I knew that because one person asked and, and the likelihood of that person finding you, <laughs> right? Like they yeah. run into the question, they go. So, Okay, so about four or five years ago, you started this. Now, when you first started doing the videos, like you said, you were just doing a video to send to, like, was it around a specific product or was there something you were focusing on? I, I know today you focus a lot on first-time buyers and you have a, mm -hmm. a passion for educating uh, young first-time buyers. Yeah, I feel like the videos I first was doing were more like, what is an appraisal? Uh, what does escrow okay. mean? How do I figure out my payment? Those like really top level home buying questions that you get over and over and over again um, was primarily what I was making at that point. When, what was the question or the series of questions that made you sit down and say, okay, I have to take some time and unpack this? Like when was your first mm -hmm. long form like I like yeah. you decided this is the way I need to go with this. Honestly, I can't exactly remember. I know um, I feel like the the biggest video that I started out with was like the FHA loan requirements, and oh, okay. I because I I basically like always have a list of uh, video ideas, and it at all times has like three hundred ideas on it, so I never run out. But it's also a little overwhelming. But at that time, I remember thinking like it'd probably be good for me to just go through like these different types of loans so i wrote down like fha loan requirements and i was i'm kind of sitting there thinking like no one's gonna watch this is super boring uh who wants to watch any video even if it's eight minutes about fha loans and even a loan officer in our company was like why are you making no one wants to watch these um <laughs> and that, I feel like eight that, minutes? yeah i feel like that that like lit something in me where i was like mm, okay we'll see <laughs> uh, so I, made, I made the first video and I think I'm trying to remember, I think the first one I did was maybe around like 10 or 15 minutes and it got pretty good traction compared to the other videos that I made, um, which was surprising because I was like, who, who's, who cares about this? Um, I was happy making a video that was just like solving somebody's small, like maybe a small amount of people's problem and didn't think it would get any reach. And then the next year I was like, I think I'm going to revisit that. And cause you know, if I, Unfortunately, guidelines change like weekly. <laughs> so I was like, what if I compile everything that's new for this year and make it as an update? And I made it longer. I think the next one was like 30 minutes. Um, and all of a sudden that like skyrocketed in views. And then Is that the uh, one that has over a million now. I think it's the one that I did the year after. 
Okay. Um, one of which, uh, one of the FHAs has well over has over a million views. Yeah, it's around an hour long, and uh, it has a million views. <laughs> and I was, it's so it's the most wow. popular video. And it's what's really interesting is what I feel like I've been discovering is people really like to be they like a full guide um, rather than just getting like little snippets about stuff. Mm. It's like take me through the whole deal, give me the whole thing. I don't want to know compartmentalize compartmentalized information that I have to piece together. Because for a buyer, I think that's what a lot of buyers feel is they're like, I'm learning about this and then there's this thing and that thing's over here. And they have the responsibility of trying to piece, how does that work for me? Versus if I can give you start to finish, I'm gonna give you every single thing you need to know about this loan and probably more than a lot of loan officers. Um, you'll, you know, you might invest an hour of your time in this, but I promise you, you'll know exactly if this works or not for you at the end. Same thing with conventional loans, or I'll just do that with other parts of the process um, where it's like, here's just how buying works and go through an hour long of like everything that you need to consider. How big of an impact did creating these videos make on you, you your experience and knowledge as a loan officer? Like, oh, like, true, like tremendously helpful uh because you know especially in the beginning when you're starting out it's like you don't you i feel like it's really bad it's a bad business practice i would hate if another business did this where like <laughs> the only time they learn things is when their client is on the line yeah it's, like, it's a bad business <laughs> when they're like, and it's a oh, snowflake it's totally different every single call <laughs> right right uh and it's like that's that sounds really bad as a business practice so making those videos was really helpful in being able to recognize like oh there's all these unique situations that um i hadn't run into at that point and then when i do run into them i'm like oh sweet i've already i already kind of know the ins and outs of this and similar to you scott we're like you and i both have a weird uh, fetish for guidelines that we probably need to address in some sort of like therapy <laughs> a point we have um a support group <laughs> of two right now <laughs> yeah and um so you know when you go through it's it's to me it's really interesting to be able to take these complex things that have all these little nuances and how can we communicate that in a way where it really covers 80% of what somebody needs to know um and or also understanding the the nuances of like when you explain to somebody how, uh, you know, if they're going to buy an FHA, a multifamily home with an FHA loan, how can I, in the most concise way, explain the top level things they need to know without going too deep into the weeds of uh, things that get, it's like not necessary for the client. Um, so it's this interesting mix of how do I empower you with as much information as is helpful versus overwhelming you and trying to make it seem like you need me to clarify everything for you. You know, one of the things that I try to tell my audience over and over again is that when you're creating content like this, uh, it, there's a strange dynamic here because we think of it as a one-to-many medium because it's like it's YouTube. You have 100,000 subscribers, but you're really only talking to one person mm -hmm. at a time because there's only one person viewing that video at a time. So you're really just having a conversation with that one person. Um and then, and then the other piece of that is that we don't have to solve that one person's problem necessarily. We are just showing them that we are a problem solver. Mm -hmm. And there's, and every single video on your channel is you being a problem solver. And, and this goes back down to, there aren't 10,000 questions. They're like, 
Yeah, yeah. Kyle. Well, I watched your 90 minute video and my situation is almost like that, except, and then there really is no, no except, but everybody feels like there's an except and, yeah. and, you know, something really, really interesting about the way that you approach this, which was very, very similar to the reason and the way that I got approached it is like, you didn't think, oh, this is going to be a great way for me to get a ton of leads. Like it was a tool that you used to communicate, but your heart is really in helping people and, yeah. and, and helping and helping empower them by educating them so that they can make informed decisions. And, yeah, yeah. uh, and, and I just think that's, you know, it's a mindset that I think is so important because yeah. if I can it, touch on that for just a second, the, please, please do. one of the things that I've mentioned or not mentioned that I've seen with content and like, also just a quick side note, it, it, it I don't want to fall into the trap of like, you know, anytime you do something that other people are like, oh, I want to figure out how to do that. Uh, I feel like a lot of people can pitch it as like, this is the only way to make content. And I only know what has worked for me. Plenty of different things work for other people. But what I've noticed is I feel like a lot of people teach about content or I see content where they almost think that the buyer or the person watching it is dumb or they treat them like, they don't care. Uh, and so like, I see a lot of people talking about content where they're like, you know, it, it should be fast and quick. It's like FHA guidelines. No one, will, no one will understand. Why would you do something? Like, why would you make a video about FHA guidelines? They don't care. They don't understand. They don't want to see it. And what I found is the opposite is like, talk to your, like make videos uh, like you would be talking to almost like another loan officer. Like, People really want to be educated. They want to be feel empowered. They want to understand what's going on behind the curtain. Like, don't don't think that you have to like dumb down content to the point where like your your viewers aren't dumb. But I see so many people create content or teach about creating content as if like uh, viewers are don't have an attention span and don't care and are disinterested. And I just have to try to like convert them into a lead. Is how I see a lot of content being made. And I feel like that's what has worked really well for me is like, I, I view every person who watches my video as somebody who is going to completely understand um, what's happening and who wants to take ownership of it. And for those people who don't, they're probably going to skip my videos and watch something else. And that's perfectly fine. Um, but I feel like that's just the big like ethos that I've been carrying is like the people I want to work with are people who care and are involved in the process. And they like, they want to understand. Um, and I want to be able to be there, like walk alongside with them through the information as opposed to being like at the top, I know all the information and you have to come through me to get the thing. Um, it's just this different, like switching content. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's a switch in content and it's a switch in perspective, you know, that the perspective that you take is, is, is really a servant leader mentality. It's, it's, it's a really, I have this this information. It can help people. I'm going to share it uh, with everybody. I'm not going to hide it. You know, we kind of, we kind of had this conversation a little bit when we were talking about shorts, you and I are both short adverse it, and it's not that we can't do it and won't do it. It's just, I, it feels clickbaity to me. I mean, I know YouTube has an algorithm and they're trying to juice certain, you know, engagement and, and activity, but 
I mean, it's hard for me to turn on the camera without going off for like 25 minutes, 20 or 25 minutes on a topic, because there really is that much to, to, to talk about. Like, like, I don't know. I do my videos as though the person listening is as geeky as me and as interested in the detail as I am. Well, yeah. you know what? Yeah. I, I do videos the way that interests me. And I think that's what you did. You did videos the way that interests you, Absolutely. the way that you learned and the way that you like to teach. And that turned you into a lighthouse. And that lighthouse just attracted everybody. So the only people that reach out to you, like you said, you don't hear from you don't, people don't call you if they think your video is dumb. They might troll your comment thread, but they're not going to yeah. like reach out to you and call you and tell you you're dumb. Most likely they're just not going to listen to your video. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's a really interesting thing about, you know, there's, there's a little bit of that, like, uh, I don't know if that's technically like the law of attraction thing, but there's an attraction thing with content where it's like, you're going to attract the people who like your content, which sounds very basic, but yeah. it's like, well then keep in mind the content that you're making if you're attract if you're making content that is very like negative like negative or is like on the maybe clickbaity ish side like you're going to get people who are attracted to that um and that's the interesting thing is like you know we have a, a team of loan officers and they're always like like talking to people who see our youtube videos is like amazing like they're they know all the stuff we're not sitting there like Here's how the loan works, and here's you know, the different down payments. They're like, yeah, I got it. I just need help with my my situation and getting you know moving forward with it. Um, so that that's always really exciting to see like people who are like they're excited, they know what's going on, and I think some people, some loan officers are like afraid of the client knowing things, like oh, what if the client has information? Like, where do I fit into that? Um, and like. Scott, you and I have talked about this a lot, you know, because we cover a lot of like guidelines and programs like your value is not in your ability to regurgitate a PDF like the FHA handbook or the you know, Fanny guidelines. Like that's not your value as a loan officer. Um, it's like to help people feel understood, to help them navigate the process, to work through uh, when they have those unique situations. If you don't have the solution in the top of your head, you know how to solve the problem. Yeah. And that's really what the value is that I think we provide. Uh, as loan officers. Yeah. It's one of the things that I try to, to, that I try to cover, discuss when I'm, when I'm doing my videos is just, you know, everybody's situation is a little bit different and I may not be able to answer your exact question, but I want you to understand that there are complexities and your options are many times limited to the experience or the effort of the person that you end up with. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you go online and you fill out a form if they don't feel like looking up the variable income guidelines for Freddie Mac, you're not going to get those. You're not going to get that answer to your question if you don't qualify for variable income guidelines for Fannie Mae. You know, so so like I I always try to leave more questions than I answer. I'm like, here, I'm going to address this, but I want to open this world up to you. Loans aren't commodities. They're unique to your situation and you're unique to everyone else. They're not yeah. complicated. They're not, they're not difficult, but they can, there can be complexities for some people. And, you know, in the business models of the online lenders uh, simply don't support the hiring of very experienced loan officers that are paid to put in that effort. They're skimmers. Yeah. You know, they're just trying to get the easy stuff. 
But that, quite frankly, leaves tens or hundreds of thousands of consumers every day, every week, every month going back online, typing in a little bit more detailed question and finding, well, they're finding you anyhow, because you just gotta, you just kind of pop up. But the more detail that they, that, that they type, you know, then they're finding and they find somebody yeah. like you and they're like, okay, that was a, that's a completely different experience. And, and like you said, they, they already, they already know, like, and trust you. You know, you did something else that was interesting. Um, you don't have lead forms anymore, right? Mm-mm, no. But you, but you, you did for a really long time, and and I actually mimic your lead forms. I, I like them. Your 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 lead forms weren't. They were so much different from something from a rocket or a bank rate or something like that, which are just yeah. your traditional forms. And those things work. I'm not saying that they don't, but that may have been the experience they had before they went to you. So your original form, the one that I still use is, hey, what's your biggest question or concern about qualifying for a mortgage? It was an open-ended yeah. question. And I get the most fascinating stories. <laughs> they're not yeah. leads. They're like stories and they tell you everything, but you've even yeah. evolved beyond that. Yeah. So it, it is interesting. Like everyone's used to like the, this typical lead form. Uh, and I, I know for myself, and maybe it's just because I'm in the internet marketing world a lot and I'm, you know, Scott, you are too. It's like, I know when I'm a lead and I feel like I'm being like, I'm like cattle. <laughs> and they're like, all right, yeah. get in the gate. <laughs> and it just feels really gross. I know as just a user, when I go and sign up for something and it's like, okay, name, email. All right, cool. Uh, but then when we just start getting the like, uh, income credit score, how much you're looking at buying, what ends up happening is to the client that actually doesn't serve them. We're asking information and who is it serving? It's serving the loan officer yes. and maybe your, your company, you know, whoever's watching this, your company operates different. You operate different. You may be the exception. But what most loan officers do is they that lead comes in and they're like, oh, it's a 580 credit score and it's a $180,000 house. And like, eh, I'll talk to them later. Um, and like, if that's the way you run your business, fine. That's just not what I care about creating in the world. And so it just felt kind of crummy where it's like, we're already applying like an objective label to this person before I even got a chance to talk to them or before we could even like answer some questions and help. Um, cause I, I operate and you know, Scott, you do as well. It's like the whole premise of this, you know, second opinion channel is like, uh, the whole goal is not to just move fast, work with one lender that only does clean loans and push them through. It's like, we, there's a lot of business left on the table. Um, oh. if we're, oh. if we just narrow, you know, if we just widen the box, um, a little bit. So going back to lead form, I kind of was like, I think these questions are pointless. We don't do anything with them right? other than allow the loan officer to see them to prejudge the client before we have the conversation. Yes. I was like, what if we just shorten it and just say, we need your contact information, but also like, how? tell me about your experience. Like, I think one of the forums I had too was like, what's your biggest fear? Um, because like you're, everyone is walking into the buying process or mortgage process with a little bit of hesitancy. Like, let's talk about it. Bring, like, bring it up. I wanna talk about your hesitancy um, because like, I don't, want clients to feel like we're trying to come like get their objections. We have a perfect reply to it. Like, I want you to know that I understand I bought a house even after working in you know the mortgage world for a while. Like that also is an overwhelming process. You know, it can be uh, a little bit 
uh, terrifying to go through. Oh yeah. Um, I've seen so, more loan officers get, get, get amnesia when they start their own loan. And I've, <laughs> it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in the world. Yeah. You, you have a loan officer been around for 10 years. They start, you know, they start buying a house. They have amnesia. They have no idea how anything works. Do you think that'll yeah. get approved? Do you think that'll I, be okay? I did the, did the same. It's the same thing whenever I've done like a loan for like a realtor I've worked with. Yes. And yes, they're yes. like freaking out. I'm like, you... Anytime we've had a client like this, you're the one who's like, it's not a big deal. So, uh, yeah. And so then I, we've recently changed um, what we do now to Calendly, um, which is like a, a calendar booking thing. So yeah. we put our loan officers, all their calendars uh, are in it. So clients can directly schedule a call. Um, and that's been working really well for us. The main reason why we did it is... Um, like I'm sure we would get more leads if it was just a form fill. Um, but obviously those leads have to be followed up with. Um, but I feel like it eliminates a little bit of the, the process of like, normally you get a, you get a form or you get a lead form come in and then there's this gap between somebody's going to contact them and it's all to schedule a call usually. Yes. So <laughs> it's like, why are we, let's just let them schedule a call. Um, like just get it right on our calendar. And we found that that just has a much higher uh, conversion rate um, than us just going with the lead form. And we're getting people who are a lot more serious about like, they actually want to talk to us as opposed to just filling out something and then maybe backing out later. So I, I, I attribute that, I call that bridging the trust gap. And anytime you have marketing or advertising, there's the, the consumer has to have a certain level of trust to get them to the next step. Mm -hmm. And you're right. Normally we would have that conversation, but what I, what, one of the kind of a metaphors, I guess I use or, or, or uh, examples that I use is that every time you create a piece of content, you're cloning yourself and you're just mm -hmm. creating this army of clones that are out there having conversations with consumers 24 seven. So the reason that they're willing to just complete a calendar is they feel like they just had a 90 minute conversation with you about FHA loans. The trust yeah. is there. So, and that's usually, you know, that they're like, okay, let's, let, let's just do it. I, you know, I think it's, I think that would be tough to do on the other side of like a cold Facebook campaign like yeah. the only call to action is, hey, or say, schedule a Calendly link or a calendar link. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that. For, that, for so that's cold traffic, and this, this is something I've been wanting to kind of play around with, yep. is I would even look at tools like Video Ask, where Video Ask is like, it's just yep. a video, but it's kind of a self-guided, uh, it's almost like a choose-your-own-adventure video. So basically, yeah. I you could make a form where it's like, hey, I'm going to tell you about the you know, process or what we do or whatever your pitch is. And then they get to choose like A or B, do I want to learn more about purchases or refinances and let them kind of, you know, you get to have those beginning conversations about this is who we are, build some of that trust on video and then move them into like a, a calendar um, call after that. Because um, otherwise you're trying to build trust through like missed calls and email drips. And that probably is a, effective for a lot of companies. Um, but it's also so much work <laughs> yeah. uh, to follow up with clients who are like, are you ready yet? Um, and if not, that's okay. But like, we want to have the conversation to make sure that we have the, the right game plan for you in the next, you know, six months. 
um, if that's you know where you're at. And it, so the other thing I want to kind of talk about is is you moving into a rainmaker type of position because mm -hmm. I, I think that's something very very seriously that a bunch of a bunch of you old dogs I mean Kyle's not an old dog yet but he is an old he's got an old dog soul <laughs> um, but like some of us you know been in the business a couple of decades and we have a team and you know and it's a tough market and not everybody out there can go out and get business um, but and, and it took you a while to get to this position. But, you know, we kind of mentioned this before. YouTube is <laughs> Ohio was the last place that got YouTube. So all these inquiries that you're getting are all are, are all over the place. Uh, you you ended up moving. You know, our relationship was was you were some of your traffic in, in areas where you weren't licensed were going to the Find My Way Home expert network mm -hmm. and we were following up on the stuff you couldn't. Um, but then you ended up finding a place that um, had an FDIC in, uh, license so that you had all 50 states so you could kind of feed them. You could have more control over the follow up and and, yeah. and the conversion on those things, right? Yeah. Uh Yes, because it's a it's a whole different beast. I feel like when you're starting to work in all these different states, um, and then you just have like an influx of clients coming in. It's like, uh, you know, most of my time right now is spent on like our actual uh, like basically marketing to sales operations. Is how do we go from like obviously they see stuff on YouTube and my website, but then how do we actually get them connected and transfer that over to a loan officer and get them through the process? It's a very different beast than just like uh, working as a loan officer. Um, Cause I, I don't directly originate right now. Uh, our, my team does. Um, and so I just focus on the education for our clients and then a lot of our marketing um, and sales systems uh, that I'm working on building right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's where, you know, I talk to a lot of people and, and, you know, we can only take so many big ups and downs. And I know those of us that went through the 08 crash, like this is just, this is, this is not the same, but emotionally it's hard to have another punch mm -hmm. in the gut that hard, you know, yeah. after 15 years of, of, okay, I finally recovered. I finally got my legs underneath me. So there's a lot of guys out there that are guys, gals, loan officers, experienced people have all of this experience and nobody knows about it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've been digging really deep into the, the, um, mostly the chat GPT platform, but really the, the natural language AI models. And um, on the Google website, they have an example of what BARD is going to look like. And um, natural language AI is going to completely change the way consumers search for information. And when BARD opens, you're going to type in a question on BARD. It's going to give you the natural language answer first and push down all of the search engine results. So SERPs, the, the new search engine uh, results is now page two. So page one is going to be that natural language response. And, and I was doing some, uh, I did a video yesterday on reputation management and, you know, more important than ever, it's important to have content out there that's indexable by these search engines so that they have the data to be able to give a natural language response. Um, yeah. I talked to some friends that are just on social 
and you ask it who who you are or what you do and it doesn't really know it's not accurate but when i yeah. did it for my for me because i've been publishing content and and you know writing for industry magazines and stuff it was really really good like it knew it and it had it handled and it kind of just got me thinking how important you know i started beating this you got a blog you got a blog drum you know, in 2010 is, is kind of where everybody was doing it. But I'm telling you, if you start creating this content now, it's not too late. You know, right. this is, this is kind of the time where everybody has a little bit of extra time. And if any of this stuff that we're talking about is resonating with you, if you're like, yeah, that's how I run my business. Um, it's not easy. So, uh, we, you know, we didn't really talk about the timeline. So, uh, how, how long did it take you to start getting those, those really starting to see, I think you said it was about 50 videos. Um, yeah. but I think it, it, how long did it take you to get a hundred subscribers? Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, I used to have a chart of this. Uh, it was like close to a year now that's with like, I may have posted a handful of videos. I think it wasn't until maybe eight or, or so months in where I was like, I need to like, fully dive into it. <laughs> I'm going to uh, actually do this. <laughs> yeah. And then at, at that point I started doing like, I did a, about a video almost every weekday. Um, and then it, I think in like six months I get, got around a thousand subscribers. Um, in that point oh, I was just like, I'm just going to five, five a week. Uh, yeah. And, and really it's when people hear that, it's not that creating more content is going to get you more subscribers necessarily because it doesn't really work like that. It can, but it's not, it's not like a one-to-one -one thing for me. I, I followed a guy named miles Beckler and he's very big in the internet content space. And his whole thing was like, make videos for the only purpose of proving to yourself that you can create content. Like the whole goal is to practice being a content creator. Yeah. So before I can prove to myself that I can help somebody on the internet with a mortgage, I need to prove to myself that I show up and make content. Um, so really the only point of making videos for me was moving from, I think I'm going to dabble. It's the, you know, when you tell your friends, like, I think I'm going to make a YouTube channel going from that to like, I make YouTube videos is the switch that you need to make. And that's going to take you making videos consistently. Um, and we're talking like, let's get to 50 before we start to like circle back and say, what's working, what's not working. And what do I want to change? Um, cause if I, my dad started a YouTube channel as well. And he's, uh, after he made like 10 videos, he was kind of joking, but he was like, where's everybody at? <laughs> I was like, well, you know, let me know when you're at like 50 and then we can actually like, you know, strategize, but there's no point of going through strategy and trying to get all of your lighting perfect and the whole deal um, until you've proven that you actually make content. Uh, otherwise I, it's irrelevant. I think a hundred is another good milestone. A hundred kind of feels like, like if you get to a hundred, you're you're starting to see the organic inbound that's not expected Absolutely. right like it's it's happening when we talk about 50 that's when you can look back and you can say oh wow that's interesting those two or three people found my channel and that's you know that's really cool but you don't have those those you know endorphin laced feedback you know, loops yeah. like you have with likes and shares and stuff on, on social. Um, but it's, it's, it's yeah. just such a better foundation to build for your yeah. brand 
Uh, it will, and when people hear that too, like I can, I know it's, it's like, well, I haven't even made one video. So 50 sounds like insane. And the problem is like, you're overthinking it <laughs> like yeah. a lot. Uh, if you look at the first videos I made, I like had a, a notebook that it was like $3 from Walmart. I would sketch out like a couple bullet points and I see, it. I talk to the camera. I looked down at my notes, talk to the camera, looked down at my notes. Um, and I recorded on an iPhone. And so like, it's, it's kind of the whole idea of like Parkinson's law. It's like, Scott, if I ask you to do something and I say, I need you to do that within three hours, you're probably going to deliver it to me like at the 250 mark. Uh, but versus, you know, and if I say like, I need this thing in a week, you're probably going to give it to me at like day six or day seven. Uh, and that's not a, a, on you. It's just like human nature. Yeah. And so if I'm telling myself, eventually I'll make a video, well, eventually it lasts forever and I'm probably not going to start because eventually also works for tomorrow and eventually includes the day after. But if I tell myself I have to make a video by 5 p.m. tonight, make whatever video is going to, I can create within uh, publishing by 5 p.m. tonight. And that's what I did in the beginning was I just need to publish. Uh, that's all I'm proving to myself is I can make the video. I don't care if it's good. It's going to grow over time. It's going to get better yeah. over time. And that's each video just gets slightly better, slightly better <laughs> and changes the format. I, I, I have a very specific term for that. I call it pushing through the suck because you're yeah. going to suck and you just got to push through it and get through it. Yeah. There's, nobody can avoid that particular stage of content creation. Uh, you have to push through the suck. It just, yep. it just is. And, and it's like, and it, it's not that anybody else thinks it sucks. They don't. They're impressed that you're even on video. It's just this mental hurdle that we have that we hate to look at ourselves. And you're always going to see something that you don't like and something that you want to improve on. And that's part of the process. Yeah. You, you know, know, the beautiful thing too about it is no one's going to watch your video in the beginning. <laughs> that's right. That's right yeah. Uh, yeah. No one's going to see it. Your mom already loves you. Don't worry about it. She's not going to give yeah. you negative feedback because she's the only one watching that video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. I, dude, this has been really, really good. Um, what, what kind of, what's your best advice? Because, I mean, I talk to a lot of people and I'll, I'll, I talk to a lot of people about video. That's what we do as our business is we help people get published on their YouTube channel. We help them build their YouTube channel. They still have to do the video. They have to show up for the video call. Mm -hmm. um, but like, what's your best advice for people out there? Because there's a lot of originators struggling and they're worrying about where their next loan is coming from. And, and, uh, you know, and it seems like, well, if I'm not going to get a lead right away from doing video, like mm. what kind of advice would you give to somebody that has that thought, but they're like, but Kyle, I need a loan today. Mm. Yeah. Well, what's the, the way that I started before I started doing YouTube is I did tons of personal video. So at that time I used bomb bomb. Um, and I did probably about a thousand bomb bombs before I started doing YouTube. Um, wow. and it would be it, one, it's a great practice to be on video without it being like public, you know, you're sending it to John Smith and his wife or, you know, like, it, or you're sending, you sending them to, yeah. So all I got to the point where like every client would get about three bomb bombs. Um, so I would do usually one for their pre-approval, which once I started doing video pre-approvals, like shopping went 
like down like crazy. Uh, yeah. I used to be able to like, it was like every other loan, you know, someone's shopping. Um, and then it, with video, it was like, I maybe got shopped three times. Uh, because what would end up happening is I would do a pre-approval and say, um, like, Hey Scott, congratulations. I went through your application. We're able to get you approved for 400,000. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pull up this quote and walk through it with you. Uh, so I, here's two options for you. You mentioned you want to put a little bit, you know, as little as down as possible. So we can do 3% down here. If you do 5%, it's going to have a slightly lower rate. Here's the impact of that over time, over 10 years, that would save you, you know, $23,000. Make, make you just um, did like a screenshot of, of your, um, did you use a mortgage coach or did you just, we're showing the LOS numbers? Uh, I'd play around with different ones. I used mortgage coach for a little bit that honestly found that's a little confusing for clients. Um, I also use like MBS highway. Um, I would do sometimes even just the straight quote, um, but, you do, a, but you do a screen share with the bomb bomb video. Yep. So it'd have like my face, like right in the corner and then yeah. my screen share here. Um, and just walking through that with them because all of my competitors were just sending an email saying like, cool, here's your pre-approval. You got a, at that time, 3% rate. Um, and versus me, I would explain the process and be like, you know, there's a face to it. They know that they can ask me questions. So then I also copy the realtor in that as well. So now the realtor, that's a marketing tool that I use for realtors. Yeah. Is because now the realtors on their own started pitching me as like, hey, if you work with Kyle, like he'll send you videos, custom videos through the process and like you'll understand stuff. Um, so they get a pre-approval one. They would also get a loan estimate one because I honestly was like, I, you know, you know, when like you press send a loan estimate and it's like I could almost accurately predict like 90 percent of the time, look at my phone within 20 minutes, I'm going to get a call. And they're doing like all this like math gymnastics and adding all these random lines together. And they're like, you told me it was going to be 20,000 yes. and it's a hundred thousand. And like, oh, okay, hold up. And the trust already got eroded and it's hard to build back. Um, yes. Like, no, 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 no. Cause in their mind, I just did a bait and switch to them. And like, no, you're just looking at page three and we need page two. Uh, so what I would do is same thing. I would send a loan, I'd send the loan estimate video before I sent them the loan estimate. So I'd say, Hey, you're about to get this document. It's going to come with a, a ton of other documents that you may have questions about, feel free to ask, but I want to walk you through, here's your payment. Here's your loan amount, your rate. Here's all the closing costs. Now, all these other things are estimated by other parties. They may be different. You're going to talk to your insurance agent. And you know, if you have a 15 Rottweilers, I don't know about, it's probably going to be higher than I estimated. <laughs> right. uh, and then the final thing I would do with is with conditions um, is we get a conditional approval back. And again, all these things are being sent to the realtor as well. They're copied in there. Nice. Um, now, are you sending it to both realtors? Or are you sending it to the listing agent and the buyer's agent? No, I don't send it to the listing agent because that would uh, be a, a privacy issue and kind of expose too much of the yeah. buyer's no, um, process. Yes, but right. what I would do for a lot of uh, listing agents is I would get in the habit of sending them a video as well. Um, mm -hmm. And it would just be a short, you know, I didn't screen share, but it'd be like, uh, hey, Scott, just want to let you know I'm the loan officer on this deal. Um, my email is here, my phone number is here. Feel free to text me if you have questions. I'll be updating you through the process, like super quick like that. Um, just so that it's like, they're used to never, they're used to having a loan officer who never picks up the phone and they don't even know who I am. And I send them a video. Yeah. And so it builds a lot more trust and the ability to actually work with those agents in the future. Dude, that is such absolute gold. I mean, that, that, that really is. I mean, I, 
you know, I push, you know, get on YouTube, you know, turn them in a blog post, get found, but man, that's the lowest hanging fruit that you can do to just significantly improve. Not only is it improving your relationships, but it's also increasing your repeat and your referral business because of the depth of the relationship that you're building during the transaction. And And, and like you said, your, your relationship with the buyer's agents is beyond a transactional relationship. It's a communication relationship. If something happens to go wrong with the loan, you're communicating it right away and you're not blamed for our, you know, you're not blamed because you're in front of it and you already have those communication channels. I would, I would get to the closing and uh, well, at least in in Ohio, we all, it used to be like the listing agent, the seller, the buyer, the buyer's agent, the title agent. And so I'd be there and the title agent would like ask, uh, like, have you seen the numbers and everything? And like the client would like pitch me at them be like yeah, a video and walk through the whole thing and they're like we know everything um but what's also great too in it is like i think sometimes people hear video and they're like oh it's work it's going to be more time i can't add that into my schedule it actually will save you a lot of time because like think of the the pre-approval for instance how many pre-approvals and quotes do you send out and then someone went with another lender well if you could reduce the churn rate of somebody working with another lender that video that five minute video saved you probably an hour's worth of time. Yes. Same thing with that loan estimate. How many times have you, uh, you know, you send a loan estimate, the client calls you or you call them to review it. And all of a sudden that's a 30 minute phone call or maybe it's an hour long phone call. Well, I can actually do more work in five minutes recording a video and eliminate the phone call. Well, it's because uh, you're taking control of the time. If the consumer calls you, you have to stop whatever you are doing or postpone yep. whatever you are doing and squeeze them in. And that creates a backlog. So it's just, it's a, it's a really smart time management strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like 30 minutes. It's, it's either 30 minutes on the phone or five minutes on a video. I'm going to take five minutes all day. <laughs> it's asynchronous. Like you it's mentioned, I don't, a trick question. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to stop another file and it's, uh, really, so back to your point where you're like, I need a loan today. Um, I, I would get, before I started doing video, my business was just kind of like, uh, eh, inching along. It's like, I'm not, I'm no different than anybody else, but starting to do video was where people were like, oh, he's like very serious about this. Like, uh, and I would actually have realtors who were like, oh, sweet. Here's my good clients. Not the clients who like, wow. uh, were like, Hey, I just, filed for bankruptcy and I have no money. Everybody else turned them down. <laughs> See, I can do right. something you can do. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, well, I send this to 15 loan officers. Maybe you can do it. And if you don't, then I'm going to blame it on you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're going to stay 15th on my list. <laughs> right. Right. Oh man. So, okay. That's really, really good advice. And, and if, if people are, Like if they do want to start, if they're like, I'm going to start doing this, I'm going to start doing my YouTube videos. Um, Do you recommend starting off like rapid fire doing five, doing five a week for the first 90 days or something to try to establish that habit? But in reality, to get results, you don't have to post a video every day. The, the, The YouTube algorithms are more comfortable with one to two long form videos a week. Absolutely. YouTube does not care about what time you post, how many times you post, how many videos, irrelevant. YouTube does not care. 
Um, and the people who are still shilling that information are charging like $5,000 for their course. Uh, like I have a YouTube rep, who, like an employee who works at YouTube who I work with. Uh, so like this is from YouTube <laughs> itself. YouTube does not care. Um, but what does matter is you being a better educator, you being a better communicator is only going to work if you practice communicating. Yes. And the best way to practice communicating is by communicating and actually doing it instead of like fabricating the best strategy to come up with so that maybe you'll post one video and it's, you expect views from it. It's just not going to work. Um, and, and part of it too is like, uh, I think from a long-term play, you need to figure out what, what is, how do you authentically show up? Um, and I know that kind of sounds a little like, uh, you know, internal, like just give me the tools and tactics, but really the best tactic is to be authentic because yeah. think of the people that you work with. Um, you work with people where like, even though we think we're logical people, we work with people because in our gut, it feels good. We're like all the right check boxes are, are yeah. happening. Um, and it makes sense to work with you. And when you really hone in on like who you are, what you bring to the table and how you can communicate that clearly to other people is where things are really going to start working. Cause even on YouTube, I was posting a lot of videos and I would see like some, you know, good growth. And I took a, a course, uh, that a friend of mine had that was all about like, uh, being authentic in business and sales. And literally within a month, my videos, as I started doing that went up like a little hockey stick. Um, because I really started pushing into the fact that like I communicate information in a specific way, usually the way that I want to consume it. And I was like, I'm really going to deep dive into like, for me, it was the, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty monotone. I don't do like skits. I don't have funny interjections. Um, I like explaining the things, uh, like complex things and bullet points on a slide, walking through the whole thing A to Z, um, and then helping people understand some of the math behind it. Other people are really good at being personal and funny, being friendly. Um, you really got to push into like, what is you? Yeah. And it takes to develop that. You're not going to find that on video one. You're going to find that on video 50. And it's going to get uh, more clear on video 100. And it's going to get really solidified on video 200. I I absolutely love that. I, I have this different take on the law of attraction, or it's just a fold to law of attraction. And, and what I try to tell people is that, when you are comfortable, then the people watching you feel comfortable yeah. and that attracts them to you. So you, you, there's, yes, there's a law of attraction. You put stuff out there, but the law of attraction really is you have to be attractive and to be attractive, you have to be comfortable. Yeah. And because how awkward it, a video it, would be if I started it, I was it, like, what's up guys? Like, what? It <laughs> well, just, it doesn't it, fit. It, yeah. And if you're just kind of stressed out and stuff, it's like that emotion comes through and people can feel your stress. The fact that you have this calm demeanor about you, it's like you watch it and you're instantly, all your stress is diffused because you're like, okay, this guy seems really comfortable in their skin. They must know what they're talking about. Uh, well, brother, uh, I, I swear we were going to keep this under an hour. We barely squeaked <laughs> in there. Um, for, for anybody that wants to see more of what uh, Kyle's doing, Win the House You Love um, is the YouTube channel. And uh, it's fantastic. Go through there. You, you're, I mean... I, I, I don't think people are going to be inclined to copy you because that's just, you're just so unique in the way that you do your stuff. But what I think, what I want you to really take away from that is 
look at watch Kyle's videos and see if that's the same guy that you just heard on this podcast. And I think 100% you're going to say that's absolutely the same guy. And I, I assure you it's the same guy you would have a beer with if you went to Ohio. (laughs) So (laughs) I, I, I think that's, I think that's super important. Um, folks, if you're watching this, I have links below. That's what we do is we help get you, uh, we help you create the video. Um, we're not going to give you the video topics, but we're going to help guide you on that and, and, and help you learn how, what to talk about. Uh, we use mortgage currency, Kyle, that is an, a yep. gold mine love it. for, for content topics. Um, and what we'll do is we're going to introduce share it. Don't share it, Scott. <laughs> well, we give it to free. We we give a subscription to everybody who joins our network because we're we're huge fans of it. Um, but there's links below if you want to get more information on how we can uh, how we can help you with that. Uh, Kyle, thank you so much. We'll let you get back to your uh, your mortgage conference there. Um, even though we're really, really appreciating the weird waffle background that you're. Yeah, you're still not with. sure what this hotel wallpaper <laughs> is. Uh, I haven't figured that out. <laughs> I'm not sure either, but this has been incredibly uh, informative. And um, I, I really appreciate you sharing and 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 um, and 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 being willing to to do this and just share your experience with everybody. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah, thanks so, for having me on, Scott. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.